Bible is not a series of disconnected stories. It is a single narrative in which every story, every character points beyond itself to one who is greater. There is a true and better Abraham who answered the call of God to leave all the comfortable and familiar and go out into the void to create a new people of God. There is a true and better Jacob who wrestled and took the blow of justice we deserve so we, like Jacob, only receive the wounds of grace that wake us up and discipline us. There is a true and better Moses who stands in the gap between the people and the Lord and who mediates a new covenant. There is a true and better rock of Moses who struck with the rod of God's justice now gives us water in the desert. There is a true and better David whose victory becomes his people's victory though they never lifted a stone to accomplish it themselves. There is a true and better Esther who didn't just risk losing an earthly palace but lost the ultimate heavenly one, who didn't just risk his life but gave his life to save his people. The Bible is not a series of disconnected stories. It is a single narrative that points to one person, Jesus. So how many of you today, if you were honest and you raised your hand, would say there's been a point in your life that you felt like you were overlooked? Anybody? Come on, everybody should raise their hand, right? We know what that is. I mean, maybe you've been on a, a project at work, and, and really, man, it, maybe it was your idea. You're the one that came up with it. Maybe you put in the time kind of the nuts and bolts, put the details together. They roll it out, and lo and behold, some white-collar guy walks in, and they give him all the credit, right? You ever had that? No? Okay. But you felt overlooked, right? It, it's kind of like, yeah, I know what that is, to feel like I'm just overlooked. The guy I want to talk to today about I think is maybe one of the most, if not the most, overlooked guy in all of the scriptures. You'll recognize his name. I guarantee you recognize his name. But really, his significance, his impact in the story of God and his people, ultimately leading to Jesus Christ, is absolutely crucial. I mean, it is... It is at the center of what that story looks like. And a lot of times, when you talk about the Old Testament, we talk about favorite people in the Bible, we talk about things that stand out. I mean, we're going to go to David, and we're going to go to Moses, and we're going to go to Abraham, and we're going to talk about uh, different guys, and this guy just kind of is there. But I want to look at his life today in a snapshot quickly. And then I want to show you from scripture what made his life what it was and i believe that the success of his life comes out of that one chapter where god prepares him and shows him how to be successful i believe those principles are absolutely still valid for us today how do how does my life accomplish what it was meant to accomplish. How do I become a person that has significance 
and my circle of influence? How do I uh, find the purpose and the mission that God has for me? And how do I make that happen, so to speak? I think the principles that happened in Joshua's life are the same principles that God would say are necessary for our life. And I really believe, I really believe that if I was in or you were in the moment where we were, God, could you speak to me? Could you show me? How do I get from here to there? How do I be what you've called me to be and then do what you want me to do? I think he might say the words a little different than he did to Joshua, but the principles would remain the same even today. So Joshua was this uh, uh, guy in uh, the time of Moses, right? Joshua was actually born in Egypt. He was born a slave. And for the first probably 20-something years of his life, he just uh, knew the life of being a slave in Egypt. Um, I don't know what occupation he started, if he was a bricklayer like most of the Jewish slaves in Egypt. But uh, that's what he knew. That was his world. And then lo and behold, as he's just living out his world, all of a sudden Moses shows up out of nowhere, remember? Comes out of the desert, says God has these, uh, the, he's gonna, he wants to uh, take his people out of Egypt. And, and Joshua, he got to see the ten plagues. He got to watch frogs jumping everywhere. And he got to see the, the, the rivers run with blood. And actually Joshua had absolutely been there that night the night of the first Passover, the night of the exodus out of Egypt, as blood was put on the doorpost of those who were Jewish, and God passed over them, but every firstborn in the land was killed. As that last plague, God sent to Egypt to finally convince Pharaoh to let his people go. Joshua was in the middle of that. He saw that. He knew what that was. Joshua would have been a part of that group as they escaped Egypt and as they're going toward um, the promised land, the place that God had always promised to them, what we now call Israel, what they called Canaan. And Joshua would have been in that group of people that turned around and saw great Pharaoh's army coming back because Pharaoh had changed his mind and he was going to take those slaves back. And he would have seen that. No doubt he probably sensed or had a sense of fear and anxiety about, is this it? Are we going to die out here right next to the Red Sea in this desertous place? That's not even a word, is it? I just made up a word, Sorry. This, this desert region. Are you guys awake? Everybody here? Okay. Maybe I'm talking to myself. I don't know. It's good for me though, right? Every once in a while. To, um, I think I ran into somebody on the missions trip that I walked in and they were like talking to themselves, you know? Like, anyway. Did anybody else do that? Yeah? Come on. Um, where am I at? Desertus, Yes. And he watched as God like literally parted this whole sea. And he walked his own feet on dry land across. He turned and watched as as soon as they passed and Pharaoh's army followed after him. The waters collide and the army destroyed. He walked 
toward the promised land. And he was there when finally Moses came and the people came to Kadesh Barnea, this place in the wilderness where Moses, just in the natural plan and purpose of God, okay, guys, it's time to go in and take the land. It's time to, to figure out a plan and, and uh, how are we going to do this? And actually, it was Joshua who was one of the 12 men that Moses picked out and said, you guys, I want you to go ahead I want you to go into the land of Canaan. I want you to spy, scout it out. Come back and tell us what we need to know as we attempt to take this land that God has promised. And you remember Joshua was one who went in and they came back. And all 12 of them, they had like the same kind of, of perception about the land. They said it's unbelievable. They used this phrase, it flows with milk and honey. I don't know, man. We're in a totally different culture. Like you tell me it flows with milk and honey, I'm like, big deal. Does it have Wi-Fi is what I'm asking, right? We're just like just thousands of years apart, right? But it's land, milk and honey. It's overflowing. It's, man, it's beautiful. And all 12 did say this. But you know what? There are people there they're going to be hard to take. And actually, there's giants. There's these really large people that I have no idea how we would ever defeat. Ten of them said, I don't think we should go. There's giants in the land. We can't defeat the giants. Two, Joshua and Caleb. That's where we're first introduced to Joshua in Scripture. Joshua and Caleb said, no, I don't care if there's giants. I think we can do it. I think the Lord will give us didn't you guys just see the Red Sea? Aren't you waking up every morning and there's manna from heaven? Like we don't even have to kill anything or plan anything. God just provides. Aren't you watching the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night? God just, okay, go this far. The cloud stops and we there and we go. There. Aren't you looking around? Don't you think the God that does this can beat the giants? And, and the two said, absolutely, Joshua and Caleb. And yet the people listened to the ten other spies. Isn't that amazing? And they were fearful. And actually what they did was they convinced the whole, the whole nation. It was kind of a nomad nation at that time, but it was a nation. A nation that they shouldn't go in. And you remember that God was so moved by their unbelief. Their unbelief. All those things I've mentioned, God's like, are you kidding me? I just brought you out of Egypt. Did you not see 10 plagues? Did you not, again, what I talked about? And you still don't believe I can help you conquer giants? And God was so moved by their unbelief that he told them this, because of your unbelief, you will now wander in this desert for, for 40 years is what they ended up, it was 38 years. You'll just wander in this desert. And in the meantime, because this unbelief is so profound and it goes, it, it goes completely against what I always designed for my people to do and that is believe in my power and my ability. It absolutely is striking right in the face of that. He said that your generation, Joshua and Caleb's generation, none of you will see the promised land save those two guys, Joshua and Caleb. And so what happened in Joshua's life, 
for the next 38 years as he wandered with his people. They would literally go in circles. It is literally in this desert area. I just came back from Arizona. Um, nobody's here from Arizona, right? Yeah, I could not live there. There's no way. It's just, it's desert, man. I can't imagine living 38 years in something like that. Just wandering. Go here, go there, come back. Oh, a couple years later, oh, we're back to this place. Oh, we're back to this place. And meanwhile, because of their unbelief, every day, I think I've seen the numbers before, it was like 100 funerals every day. Every day. Because of their unbelief. Joshua lived in the middle of that. Joshua, who, because of his, his ability, his leadership, his belief and trust, became one of Moses' aides. And actually, it says that he was with Moses a lot of the time, and he watched this great man lead this stubborn and stiff-necked people, is what it was called. They were a complaining bunch. They were a difficult bunch. And he watched as Moses just literally by sheer, uh, just this one person with the power of God on his life, lead million, a couple million people in this whole circus. And he observed that. He watched as Moses finally one day got so frustrated himself that he strikes a rock and, and he disobeys God publicly, very publicly as the leader of the country. He, he just in frustration said, okay, I've had enough. And he deliberately disobeys God. He knew that God had told Moses, Moses, because of your sin, you're not going to be able to go into the promised land. And he watched as Moses got older and older, and finally Moses is, is you know, trying to figure out who's going to lead this bunch of people. And Joshua was there when but Joshua was there when Moses called him and said, Joshua, you're the one that God wants. And all of a sudden, Moses goes up for quiet time one day, and he never comes home. He never comes back. And all of a sudden, Joshua is put in a position of leading this people. God comes to Joshua's. And says, Joshua, not only have I put you in charge of this people, but guess what? You're the guy I want to lead them into the land. No more 15 years of wandering around, getting yourself ready, preparing a plan. Nope. Joshua, I want you to lead them into the land. In fact, I want you to lead them into the land soon. And Joshua is literally just dumped and has this dump in his lap. Dysfunctional, difficult. And no doubt Joshua, we know from the scriptures, he was uncertain. He was this guy who had said, God, you have all the power in the world. We can take down giants. Is This task is so monumental to him that even he is uncertain. And all he knows is that God tells him, says, Joshua, I want you to get everybody together. I want you to tell them to pack up their supplies. And I want you to tell them we're going to the Jordan River tomorrow or in a couple days. And so Joshua comes to the people and says, hey, 
it's time. It's go time now. New leader following a legend. Um, that's hard enough as it is, right? Uh, I wanted to tease. I didn't know if Dave was watching today, but it's hard, you know, following the legend, Dave, you know. I was just messing with him. He'll appreciate that. He'll look it up now. Um, it's, you know, hard. And yet, it's go time. It's now. You remember the story as Joshua, he gets them all there to the river. Now the river, it says in the scriptures, untamed. What it means is it was like flood season, the Jordan. And so not only is he dealing with that, it's like the people are looking at him, how are we going to get across here? We're all going to, I mean, I guess just the strongest survive here. It's going to pare us down here. It's just the best swimmers are going to get across. All this junk, Joshua's literally just, it's his. He didn't walk into a good situation. He didn't, it was not pleasant. It was a huge task. You remember though, Joshua just listened to God and he followed him and what God told him he did. And lo and behold, he, he tells the priests with the Ark of the Covenant, which was God's present, he tells them, you go first and guess what? You're just gonna step out. And as soon as they stepped out, the water dried up. And again, they walk across water, or what was water, and they come into the land. You remember that the story is with Joshua, Joshua as they get over, and it's a, hey, this is good. You're building up some credibility here, Joshua. You know, we got into the land. Now there's Jericho, this big city, important city. Joshua, what are we going to do here? How are we going to fight this battle? It's go time. We're tired of wandering, but we don't know what to do. And Joshua's just, I'm sure Joshua said this phrase a lot of times. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And you remember, they're thinking about, what are we going to do? How are we going to take down Jericho? And God tells Joshua, oh, you know what, Joshua? This is what I want you to do. I don't want you to figure out how to outflank them or to sneak up on them or to divert them then and hit them here. All the military strategic planning that Joshua was equipped and ready to do. So Joshua, I want you to take the people, I want you to take the men, and I want you to just go and walk around the city. <laughs> oh, okay, Lord, we're gonna walk around the city and scout it out, right? One day we'll walk around the gate. No, I want you to go one day and then I want you to go back the next day and and I want you to go the next day and the next day. And all I want you to do is walk around. You remember this story, right? Somebody today told me after service that all they could think about was slushies coming off the wall. You guys watch Veggie Tales, right? And uh, Joshua is faced with this is my first battle. I'm supposed to be the guy in charge. And I'm telling the, pe the, the, the warriors to just walk around. Yet, they trusted Joshua. I'm sure Joshua, the night before the first day of Jericho, he was thinking, what have I got myself into? I'm gonna be laughed out of here. We're gonna, we're gonna walk up, not prepared to fight. They're gonna slaughter us. I'm gonna be a complete failure. I'm never gonna, all those things that are going through your mind, right? Six days, they walk around the city. Nothing happens. It's kind of weird. Seventh day, remember, they walk around. They walk around more than the one time and all of a sudden the walls collapse 
Remember the story of Jericho? And they go in and they take the city. And you talk about an unbelievable high. And Joshua is like, wow. I, this is kind of strange, but it's happening. And I'm, God's helping me and I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. Unbelievable high. A, few, a little while later, they go to, to now fight Ai, the next city. Smaller, should have been easy. They go to fight, they should have overwhelmed this set town. They're defeated, they're pushed back. 36 of their men are dead. And all of a sudden we read in Joshua's story, Joshua is before the Lord and he's asking questions like, why did we even come into the land? What are we doing here? And you talk about from high to absolute low. And you remember some of the stories, I'm just trying to kind of go through Joshua real fast. They realized that, that what happened was God allowed them to be defeated. He allowed them. Because he had told them very specifically, when you defeat Jericho, and normally you go in and you take the spoils, right? It's your town now. It's your city. Whatever they had, it's yours. You see some gold and silver, it's yours. You know, horses and whatever was back then, milk and honey, right? I guess. Um, It's all yours. But he said, I don't want you to do that with Jericho. Because I want you to know that the whole land I'm giving you is yours. You don't need to be thinking, i got to grab this and save this, and man, this will help me get ahead. He said, I don't want you to have that mindset. I want you to go in, take the city, and walk away from everything there because you're walking towards something even bigger. I'm giving you greater land. I'm giving you everything here. And yet there was one man, right, Achan, who decided, nah, I see some gold and silver, I can't help it, and he takes it. And God was so displeased with one man's sin that he caused the whole army to be defeated. Man, there's a lot of different sermons here. You get that, right? A lot of different principles. And Joshua lives the high to the low, but he makes it right. He does what he's supposed to. He is strong when he needs to be. He deals with this in a, in a, in a, a leader way. And God makes it right, and all of a sudden, Joshua begins to experience victory after victory after victory after victory. In fact, I got a little map here, because we're super spiritual, right? And you see that little oval in the middle? That's where they came across. You see the Jericho, the, the Dead Sea, the Sea of Galilee's up high. Where Joshua is, I guess that's what he looked like. I don't know, I don't know how somebody knew that, but... That's the wilderness they just wandered in. They came up the right side there in Moab, modern-day Jordan, and they went across to Jericho, that, that smaller oval. And there's, or they went across to Jordan, and they, they beat Jericho. Then they wanted Ai. And after all that was made right, that bottom circle, man, he just started taking every city, every city, every city, always success. In fact, Joshua never lost. The only battle he ever lost was Ai, and it wasn't even his bad. Never lost. They took all that southern half. They go all the way to the northern half. And literally, the story of Joshua is a people that were 38 years wandering in the desert all of a sudden became conquerors of an entire land. His story is incredible. It's one where in the highest highs, 
He did the right thing in the lowest lows. He did the right thing. He was able to follow Moses. He was able to bring the people together. And then he just was victorious all over the place. And in fact, I think that when you think of Joshua, the word success should be right next to his name. Just an unbelievable success. But what I want you to get today is that's, that's his life. There's a lot more to it, but no details beyond that. His life was a success. God had this for him. This is who he wanted him to be. This is what he wanted him to do. And he did it. How does that happen? What happened in Joshua's life that enabled him to be that, to do that? I think it's all in Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1 reads this way. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, not son of nobody, but son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, to the, Hiltite, to the Hittite country, to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to the ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all of the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the left or to the right, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. See, I'm using that word success. We throw that word around a lot. Success means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. And and, and what our world in general considers success is different than what um, maybe Christ followers see success. But God uses the word success there a number of times. You, Joshua, are going to be successful. And I believe that as Joshua had, God had plans and purposes for Joshua's life, he obviously has plans and purposes for our life. Now, you and I, I don't think any of us are getting ready to lead a million and a half people anywhere, right? Let me know if you think that's what's going on with you, all right? We'll get you some help really fast, okay? But still, God is wanting, desiring his plan for your life to be a success just as Joshua's is a success. I mean, they went from dysfunction to conqueror. Success. And it's all tied up in this, how did this happen? This is what happened in Joshua's life. If this can happen in his heart, then what God wants to do will happen. If this kind of stuff can happen in your life, then you will experience success. Now, I don't know uh, quite what that means for you. 
what that is. Only the Lord can apply that to your life. For Joshua, it was taking a people and establishing a land. For you, for some of you, it might be just the, the biggest things you need to have success in right now have to do with, God, I just need to figure out how to walk with you faithfully. That's the thing I need the most success in right now. If the most important thing is my relationship with you, then I just need to have success in knowing what it is to have a consistent, fruitful, living relationship with you, God. That would be success. Or maybe it would be, I just can't figure out, God, I have a relationship with you, but I just can't figure out what you want me to do, who you want me to be. I can't figure out how to, to figure out wh- where I'm at, what I'm doing. and I just need to know what that is. I don't know what it is, but I'm telling you, the scriptures are always imparting to us the understanding that God has a plan for your life, for my life. See, we, we, we believe in so many other plans, but when we start talking about God's plan for our life, it's like, I don't know what that means. Like, I, that guy up there, I know that God wants him to pastor, but I don't know what I'm doing. I'm telling you, we need to think more uh, biblically. God is absolutely wanting to use you in his world for his glory. And this is how you get there. Same principles that he shared with Joshua. And so if I've thought about this as I've chewed on this and I've thought, well, man, how do I communicate that? I just have three little thoughts that I've worked over this week, thought about, put together. Success comes when we face our challenges. You know this, right? I think you know this. You can't, you can't, I said this last week with Esther, anything worth doing or anything that is worthwhile takes courage. You're not gonna absolute, or you're not gonna accidentally become a devoted, consistent, fruitful follower of Jesus Christ. You're not gonna accidentally find his will for your life and just boom. You're not gonna accidentally do any of that. And it's not gonna be accident. And success comes when we face our challenges, not run from them, not avoid them, not, um, uh, so often it's like, okay, this is what I need to do, this is what needs to happen in my life, I, and we, we have a tendency to want to draw back, to pull back. But the words of God to Joshua were this, be strong and be courageous. Face your challenge. I'm going to do all these things. We're going to see what he said he would do. I need you to stand up. I need you to face your challenge. I need you to man up, right? We use that phrase around here, man up, right? You go to Arizona or Texas, they say cowboy up. God always has expected us to be willing to not fall back or make excuses 
or, you know, but to be saying, hey, the challenge is for me to be a fully devoted follower of Jesus. The challenge is for me to make disciples in my world. The challenge is for me to find the purpose and mission God has for my specific life to be used by him. The challenge is I'm willing to man up to that. I'm willing to face that. Be strong and be very courageous. You know he says that three times to Joshua? Be strong and be courageous. Be strong and be very courageous. And then the last thing he says, have I not commanded you, Joshua? I'm telling you that if this is going to work and you're going to be successful, your part is being strong and and having courage. And I would say that principle is still absolutely present in all of our lives. To have success, we are going to have to be willing to be strong and courageous. I could share story, story, story after with you, right? That comes from a sports world, that comes from a business world, that comes from all sorts of worlds where we have, real, we have read, where people have realized and became very successful that if they were going to be successful, they were going to have to meet and face the challenge that was in front of them. And I don't know what that is for you, what your specific challenges are, but in order for you and I to experience the success of God in our life, it's not just going to wake happen to us. We're not just going to wake up one morning and all of a sudden, boom, he's going to dump all this success. It's going to take us, our cooperation, our will, that says, you know what, I'm willing to face that challenge. Be strong and be courageous. Success comes when we face our challenges. We don't run from them. We don't avoid them. You know, I like this. I, I, uh, I wrote this down this week. <clears throat> Courage is not having no fear. Courage is moving ahead in spite of your fear. Courage is not having no fear. <laughs> we probably call that stupidity, right? <laughs> Courage is moving ahead in spite of your fear. Afraid and discouraged. He says, Joshua, do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. These are the two enemies that stop you from being successful. Fear keeps us from getting started. Discouragement keeps us from continuing. Take courage. Be strong and courageous. The second thing, though, is success is anchored in the word of God. Did you hear what he told Joshua? Do not, do not, or be careful to obey all of the law Moses, my, ser- my servant, gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night. Be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will become prosperous and successful. Joshua was anchored to the word of God. That provided the blueprint for how he was going to accomplish what God had for his life. And I would tell you today it's the same. Success is directly, there is a direct correlation between my engagement with the word of God and my success. Listen to what he says. He says, 
Don't let it depart from your mouth. Talk about the word of God. Meditate on it day and night. Think about the word of God. Be careful to do everything written in it. Always obey it. Do the word of God. You know, I, I think about this some with my kids because I'm called to, to you know, incorporate the word of God into their life. And I think about, uh, especially right now, my oldest, who, um, who was like me. And, uh, I mean, he will, he will talk about baseball stats and baseball players all day long, right? Like, hey, Dad, did you know this? Did you know this? Did you know that? And honestly, sometimes I'm like, I, I don't know that now, right? And sometimes, you know, and that's our conversation. I'm thinking about how important, though, the scriptures tell me to make sure I am having those conversations with him about the truth of God, the word of God. It says, listen, and for me, I've been reminded that if he is ever going to be who God has intended him to be, then it is going to happen when he knows the principles and truths of God's word and he hears them, he understands them, and then he walks in them, he practices them. And that is what success, that is how success comes into our life. How are you engaging the word of God? Are you hearing it? Are you meditating on it? Are you obeying it? I said this in first service, it's one of those, if they took the clip out, it would make me look really bad as a pastor. But I said, listen, sometimes I think the last thing we need is another Bible study. Somebody take that clip out right now and I'd be like, Jeff would probably fire me, right? The pastor said we don't need any more Bible study. No. It, because here's why. We've gotten so caught up in I need to know more about God. I need to know more and more and really, God has always said, listen, the knowledge that you have of me is so that you then can obey me. And I've had periods in my life where I've avoided Bibles. I should not say this stuff. <laughs> where I've probably avoided another Bible study because I'm thinking, Lord, I got already too much on my plate. Because I realize that the way this works is when I hear the truth, I'm supposed to hear it, understand it, and then incorporate it into my life. And I've been sometimes like, I got too much I'm trying to incorporate. Don't tell me anymore. Right? But that's how success comes. I'm, I'm kind of joking there. Because every time the word comes into my life more and more, and I hear it and understand it and then incorporate it, success I just, there's freedom, there's abundant living, right? And that is in direct correlation to our success, is our engagement with the word of God. Are you bringing it in? Are you obeying what you already know to be true from the word of God? He says, Joshua, if you'll do that, I'll give you success. And the guy was a huge success. The last thing is this. Success requires the presence of God. If you don't get anything else this morning, I wish you would remember, go home and read Joshua 1.5. Can you do that? 1.5. You can remember that. Joshua 1.5. Here's what he says. No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. And this is what God promises to Joshua. He says, listen, 
I'm asking you to man up. I'm asking you to be strong. I'm asking you to be bold. To not wilt when things get hard. To not walk away when you get confused. To not get discouraged and quit. Be strong. Be courageous. I'll direct you. My word will give you instruction. But at the end of the day, the thing that puts it over the top, Joshua, is the fact that I promise you my presence. And he says this. Whoa. That could have been interesting, right? Yeah, that was on Facebook too. No one will be able to stand up against you. He promises Joshua his powerful presence. Joshua, you know what's going to make the difference? Is if you're committed to me, I will make the difference. He promises him this powerful presence. And he says, as I was with Moses, I will be with you. He's personal. He's there. It's, 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 the success comes from a personal God to you. Not just, oh, I know about him or I think I. It's no, this God is for you. And he wants to walk with you just as he did with Moses. Moses, like Deuteronomy says, that he's, he's one of the greatest pers- people that ever lived. He saw so many things. Well, guess what? The same God that was with Moses promises to be with you and me. Promises to be with Joshua, promises to be with you. And he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He promises that the spirit that comes into our heart and life, this presence that walks with us, is a permanent presence. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Like all of a sudden, he's going to decide that there's somebody else more qualified. Or that he's interested in somebody else more. You're just boring now. Or you're just whatever. No, he promises, I will always stay with you. You and I want to experience the success that God has for our lives to be who he wants us to be, to do what he wants us to do. It absolutely requires the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit in our life. It's powerful. No one will be able to stand against you, Joshua. And I would tell you this morning and remind you this morning that there is nothing that you've face, no challenge you have, maybe even with your own personal life or with your circumstance, where the power and the presence of God would, could not say to that and to you right now, nothing, no one can stand against you if I'm with you. And so I invite you this morning to just open your hearts as, as the band sings and remind you that God calls you to success just like he called jo- Joshua to success. Just as he has a plan and a purpose for Joshua's life, he has the same for yours. And the principles that he gave to Joshua that propelled Joshua to be who he became are the same principles that he calls us to live by today, to become who we are to, we are supposed to be. Being people who are strong and courageous, we face our challenges. People who engage and live in the word of God because we know that, that, creates the platform for success. That guides us. But knowing also that the, 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 the indispensable quality that we have to have is the Spirit of God in our life, trusting and resting on Him. God wants to do something incredible in your life. I know I say that. People just look at me sometimes and I think they just don't believe that. He does. 
just as he showed Joshua, he shows us the same things. Would you sing, would you listen today and then sing together and allow the Lord to speak to you this morning?
Father, this morning, we believe that just as you gave Joshua success, that you're wanting to give each one of us success. So we hear the words that you gave to Joshua that you give to us today. And we do take courage. We are going to be strong and courageous. We're going to embrace whatever it is you want us to be and whoever, whoever it is you want us to be and whatever it is you want us to do. Father, we're going to allow the word to guide us. But most importantly, Father, your spirit has promised nothing will be able to stand against us. And so we are promised, just as you promised Joshua, you, we are promised success in our life through the power and the person of the Holy Spirit. Keep us, keep us, keep us looking and trusting, depending on you, holding on to you in all things, I pray. Go with us, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen.